0: Good evening everyone, tonight is a special night, Bezrat Hashem, we're going to finish the series of Mesilat Yisharim, Path to the Just, and uh, with Hashem's help of course, this is the English series, the Hebrew series is still going on for, for probably a few more lectures, and then Bezrat Hashem will finish it as well. We will have food coming uh, soon. We will have some food coming uh, to do a nice party and some nice drinks, so don't run after the lecture home. It will be Bezrat Hashem served here. And uh, last uh, shiur, last week, last we 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 finished chapter twenty four. Today we're gonna do twenty five and twenty six. Twenty five, it's only one and a half pages, so it's very easy. And then we'll finish chapter twenty six Bezrat Hashem. So we ended up in the. Chapter twenty-four explaining the term fear from the fear from the sin. Fear actually a person is fearing to sin, and we explain uh, that we are talking about sins that he made, sins that he's about to do. We spoke about fear from the actual punishment. We spoke about fear from and shame. Who are we dealing with? When we understand who we dealing with, then automatically. We are obviously looking at things differently, and I gave an example, if you remember, of a person that a customer comes to his store, and he doesn't know who he is. So, you know, he wants to buy a suit, so he treats him normally. After a few minutes, he gets tired from him, you know, like, give me this, show me that, show me this, show me that, 20 suits on the table, no sale yet. 45 minutes, this customer in the store, he put 20 suits on the table, and then he's going crazy, he's thinking to himself, well, what's going on with this customer? Then he's already starting to become a little bit uh, arrogant to him. Thank you. And uh, then, comes, uh, then another customer comes in and say, you know who this customer is? Who is the son of Bill Gates? Wow, you're a lucky man. He came to your store to buy a suit. Right away, he changed his attitude. He runs, can we get you coffee, something to drink, you know, sir, you know? Right away, so what do we see here? Now when a person recognizes who he's dealing with, he changes completely his behaving, his attitude, he's more anxious, he's more patient, he's more devoted, he's more precise, because who who does he deal with? If you deal with just somebody, you know, you don't appreciate him, automatically you don't feel like doing. But when you know who you deal with, And the bottom line, the conclusion of last shiur, and let's go right away to the new shiur, is that if only the people would know one millionth of a percent, not one percent, one millionth of a percent who Hashem is, every Jew would run in the street for 70 years like crazy for the opportunity that from seven billion people, Hashem chose this little nation, 13 million people, from them only 2 million living according to the rules, and from the two millions, not everyone is 100%. In that case, we are the ones who are the luckiest in universe. The 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% of the total population of the world has the opportunity to serve the creator of the world and to earn life of eternity and we are lazy and we are debating and doubting and have dilemmas and depressions and sadness. It's too difficult. It's hard. I can't take it. All this nonsense that we hear only comes from one reason, that we don't know who we're dealing with. Once we understand who we deal with, everything becomes a piece of cake. So, okay, so that's conclusion of last shiur. We are starting now chapter 25 and it's called Bederech Kniat Aira. Recommendations, instructions, how to gain this fear that we are all supposed to have. How to gain it? How a person gets to this moment that he has this fear. Now I always like to say it and I repeat it for the thousandth time. Today the Satan, the Satan, the evil inclination with his brilliance, his very, very old angel who saw everything in this world and he knows how to Match himself to to society when he see what we do, he knows how to trick us and he adjusts himself according to who he deals with. Some people are very strong with one thing, so he comes with something that they're weak. Some people are, are weak with something else, so he comes with this. He's not the same he's not a robot. He, he adjusts himself to things that he knows is going to put us down. So today, he found a very tricky way how to destroy the Jewish nation and and the entire world. How he does it? He does it through the rabbis. What can be better than that? You take the weapon of your enemy and use it against him. We are his enemies because he wants us to make sins. So he fools us by sending us to hear rabbis that are telling us that everything is okay. Don't be fanatic. Don't be strict. Don't be it's too scary. Don't think about the punishment. It's not our ways. It's not our style to talk about it. Over here we only talk about the beauty. You understand what happened? And it makes the person numb. It's like drinking few scotch, you know, a few, few shots of whiskey. He's half asleep. He's not aware that he has to go to a war. After he drank five vodkas, you can go and fight? It's very difficult. So he put us to sleep by making us feel that we are great. We all tzadikim. Don't say punishment. Every Jew has a share to the world to come. Hashem loves everyone equally. Don't talk, don't scare them. It's not the right way. This is what we hear all the time. So what happened is when finally someone who finally comes and reads what the Torah really has to say, they... They, they, they actually uh, recognized him as a threat. Instead of the most important thing that happened to the Jewish nation, they, threat, they, they said to everyone, be careful. It's too scary. It's too fanatic. It's too hard. It can put you down. It can scare you away. This is what we hear all the time. And that's how the Satan is destroying all of us. That's why we look like we look. No one has fear. So the Ramchal Baruch Hashem wasn't like that. The Satan couldn't use him against the Jewish nation because he was smarter than the Satan. And he wrote us this legendary book that every Jew must read it every month. Now, if you don't have patience to read, so now you're gonna hear the 21 or the 22 lectures that we have. Every day you hear one lecture. It will make you very strong. Every day or every other day, if you hear a lecture of the series, it will make you very strong. Two lectures are very recommended, in my opinion, that a Jew has to constantly hear. Even if you heard it 10 times, it doesn't matter, you forget after an hour, what do you think? You hear it today, tomorrow you don't remember anything. So what you have to do, you have to listen to this series again and again and again, and also Pirkei Avot, a series of Pirkei Avot, I think it's about 15 or 16 lectures. So that's very good, because if you would know the Pirkei Avot very strong, it will dig- you'll digest it inside your brain, it will be engraved inside your brain in the way you think, and the Mestilat Yisharim, for sure you'll be a righteous person. Maybe you won't be the biggest chacham in the world, maybe you won't know the whole Torah, because you don't learn Torah, because you're in business, because you're busy, because you're sick, whoever everyone with this problem. But at least if you know that, you'll be a righteous Jew, or a righteous Gentile, which is, which is fulfilling your purpose in life. What's better, to know a lot of things and to be wicked, or to know less, but to be righteous? The goal is to be righteous, and to be righteous, there's no way to be righteous, just with knowledge. To be righteous is only with Musar, with ethics. As a matter of fact, I just got an email now, maybe 40 minutes ago, from a person that thought that he's a Goy, and he just found out that his mother was a Puerto Rican Jew, his grandmother. So he actually found out that he's a Jew, but he was searching for the truth without knowing he's a Jew. And Hashem directs all these Gentiles to the right direction. Many of them are Jewish, but they don't know it. They have a Jewish soul, but Hashem helps them. He pushes them to the right direction. So, you know, so he's, he donated money for the CDs. So I sent him an email thanking him very much. So he wrote, don't thank me. The lectures, he wrote, Musar. He said, the Musar lectures changed my entire life from one side to the other. And I listen to it every day. I connect to it. And thanks to that, he started to check and he found out that he's a Jew. now he's Shomer Shabbat and everything. He lives in an area there's no Jews. Alone, somewhere, without the community. It's much harder. But those are the people that we have in the world that the power of the Musar can change him completely. So now, the Ramchal say, the way to buy this fear, to own it, to have it, to have control of it, is to look at two real things in life. One, that Hashem is just simply everywhere. There's not one inch in this universe that you cannot find God there. There's not, it's impossible. Everywhere you go, in the food you eat, in the air you breathe, in the water you drink, in every place you're ever gonna go and bring, you cannot hide from him. He's there, he's watching you. And also, not only that he's watching you, He's not passive viewer that he's watching you and he doesn't interfere. Everything that you do in your life needs his approval. Everything he can avoid, and he can help you, he can promote, he can put it down, he can interfere with your, with your choices if he feels that that's the right thing to do, he can help you to do better. So basically, everything has been viewed, everything is recorded, and everything is with Hashem's help. Without him, there's nothing he can do, whether it's big Whether it's small, there's really no difference whatsoever for Hashem. If He needs to get you a thousand dollars or a billion dollars, it's just the same. He doesn't have to work harder to get you a billion, but He will get you what's good for you. And if it's good for you to get a thousand, you get a thousand. If it's good for you to get nothing and to beg for money to people to help you for food, that's what's good for you in this moment of your life. You don't understand, but He knows... And he, he runs it according to the plan and according to your test in life. This is two things that a person must understand all the time. kvodo, <laughs> The entire universe is filled with his honor, with his presence. And then the prophet Yirmiyahu, chapter 23, Jeremiah 23, verse 24. this is what it says: "Alo, et, male, God declared heaven and earth is full with me. Every place, every inch in the space, it's all full with my presence. There's not one place that you can go there and run away from me and hide from me, like Cain was trying to hide. He was after he killed Hevel, he was trying to hide. He didn't know who Hashem is. Then it says, the Ramchal says, Kiram Hashem, Hashem has no, no obstacle, no difficulties, no space, no uh, it's far, it's close, I can do it, I can see, it's too far for me to see. All these human terms does not apply to Hashem. And the Ramchal writes, Once a person understands it clearly in his mind, that no matter where he is, whether you're in a bus, whether you're in a subway, whether you're in a synagogue, you're always standing in front of Hashem. So then your behaving will change accordingly. Not only in front of the of the Sefer Torah you behave properly, you behave properly no matter where you are. Okay? The Azmeh And then obviously, automatically the fear from God will come and the fear to fail in his actions will follow right away. So what comes first? First, the fear from God. Wow, master of universe is in front of me, and I'm doing these stupid things that I'm doing, or saying these foolish things that I'm doing. So a person gets scared, goosebumps all over his body. Then right away begins to think, what should I do? What should I say? How should I walk? How should I now walk? Right away, everything begins to change in his mind. And this is what it says in Pirkei Avot, it says like this, always recognize what's above you. There's an the eye who watches you and he who listens to you and everything you do is recorded in the book of God. So Hashem is listening to everything, He's seeing everything, He's remembering forever everything. Everything There's nothing we can avoid, nothing we can run, nothing we can hide, nothing we can delete from our trial. In your computer, if you have bad things over there, One day you want to delete, you delete and it's over. Supposedly it's not there anymore. The FBI can always get it back, but in in reality the hard drive doesn't have it anymore. But in the hard drive of Hashem, there's no way to delete anything except one way. What is it? Tshuva. Repentance. The delete button in God's court is repentance. There's no delete. It says repentance, tshuva, you click on it, it erases. But what do you think? You click, so everything is erased? No, it's not so simple. It's a little bit harder to, to delete, right? <laughs> and the Satan doesn't let. You know this software that they put in your computer and you try to delete, they don't let you? You have to walk all day until you realize how to get it off? This is the Satan. You want to stop with the Hilul Shabbat. You think he's going to let you right away. You want to stop with your ladies. You think he's going to let you right away. As soon as you decide to stop, one beautiful lady comes. How are you, senor? Well, who sent her? <laughs> the Satan, he wants you to fall. Ah, you, you think you're going to get out of your, your secular lifestyle? We'll see. Two minutes later, que paso, senor? Por favor, here, sit. Come. Well, can I serve you? That's it. That's what's happening. All right, so it says like this. Everything is re- recorded in the book of God for the positive side or for the negative side. It's very difficult for it to be clear in the mind of a person, the Ramchaz. But the only way that a person will get a, pl- a clear picture of how it works is by repeating it constantly. Repeating it constantly and reviewing it and again and again and again. Since. It's very far from our senses. It's not like food. You come, you have spicy food, you smell it, you know it's spicy food, sweet food, you smell it, you know it's, sweet. Well, you don't need to repeat. You know, one right away. To know that you are actually in the middle of a trial and you are being judged, it's very difficult to record it and to keep it clear in your mind. Why? This is the test of life. This is what we say, by the way, every day, but we don't pay attention. When we finish the prayer, we all say, and you should know, this is a verse from the Torah, and you should know today, and return it into your heart, that God is the only one, there's no, there's no other above heaven, and no other under the ground. So what is going on here? To know that God is watching you, and is the only one, you can know right away. I don't need more than 10, 20 minutes. But then it says, but return it into your heart. Why return it into your heart? Why you should know it in your heart? Why you should put it in your heart? Why didn't say you should put it in your heart? You should remember it in your heart. Why does it say to return it into your heart? Because God already told us, if you think you know it today, you'll know it tomorrow, like you know Matt, forget about it, it's not the same. It's not the same test. Math, you learn. Two plus two it's four. That's it. Nobody can ever take this knowledge from you. You remember it, whether you sleep, whether you're up. In seven years, you still know it. It's reality. To know that you are being judged and being recorded, every minute it's going to go away. You learn it. The next day, you already forget. And you have to repeat, and you have to repeat. And that's why we have to learn Torah. Even if you know the entire Torah by heart, you still have to learn Torah. There's no end to it. Why? The power of learning makes it real, makes it reality. And what makes you forget about Hashem? Movies, music, disco, beach, vacations, jewelry, clothing, parties, birthday parties. All these things is the enemy of Hashem. Why? You don't have to believe me. Look at the people who party and look at the people who don't and tell me who is more righteous in their lifestyle. Look at the people who are addicted to vacations and people who don't go to vacation. Who is more religious? Look at the people who are modest in their lifestyle and people who are fancy in their lifestyle. Who is closer to Hashem? Even among the goyim, not only by Jews. That's the concept. People who are constantly listening to music. Yeah, it's great spiritual feeling. But it takes away from the Torah learning. Still don't know what to do, what not to do. Why? They're busy all day in a car with music. They listen to Torah instead of that music. These two hours that they spend in a car every day, after five, ten years, it will be thousands of hours of learning. What do you think? It's going to be the same? It's going to change. But now he was busy with music and news, so that's the enemies of, of, of his life. Those are the enemies. Not only... The worst things that you can think of. Things that are perfectly kosher. Religious music. Religious music. Could be the biggest enemy. Because you get addicted to it. And another CD. And another one. And recording. And this. And all day you're busy with this. And what happened? All day you're busy with that. And then you don't have time for the Musa, for the Torah. And eventually you're falling down. That's how it is. And then what else? It says like this. The brain does not realize it 100% unless if it's constantly repeated and viewed and even after it's recorded and it's clear it will go away This image of God is watching me and testing every second every second of my life will removed from his head right away after you gain, full gain it's still gone it's going to go away. So don't. That's nothing else in life is like this. Every other knowledge you learn, you record it, you remember it clearly, that's it. You cannot take it away from your head. This, it constantly will go away. And that's the secret that everybody has to understand. Unless if a person will constantly repeat it daily, daily, every day of his life. נמצא, conclusion, שכמו Arov. Uh, 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 it bonen, that the way to really gain constant fear is to view every detail of your life. Distracting your attention from the target is the biggest enemy. Remember, not only the sins like people think. I went to that place, I made sins, that's why I'm down spiritually. I, uh, I stole money from someone, that's why I'm down. I don't pray, that's why I'm down. Of course, those are obviously sins that bring you down. It doesn't have to go that far. Even being religious, living religious lifestyle, everything looks fine. You know, I go to shul, you know, I learn a little bit. Dafyomi, one hour there, here, there, eat kosher, make bracha, make birkat Hamazon. keep Shabbos. Everything looks great. What? I live according to the Torah. But my mind is distracted from the musar, from the purpose of life, from the target, where we have to aim. Then we lose everything in the end. Yeah, we're robots that keep religion, but the mind is not really to the level that Hashem expected to be. So Ramchal writes, "Call a chadat, A means things that distracted you from the real target. It's an obstacle to the constant fear that a person should have from God. So next time if a person tells you, why are you scared? Fear it's not good, tell them nonsense. Don't continue to talk. Fear it's the best thing for a person. Fear makes a person go in the right way. Fear from drugs, fear from poison, fear from crook, crooks people, fear from all kinds of things. The fear saves your life. Stupid people are people who have no fear. People who have fear, they are smart people. Indication of brilliance and wisdom, it's fear. If a person, There's two things, shame and fear. Shame and fear. If you want to know a wise person, it's a person who has shame. The lady, the way she dressed, the way she behaved in public. If she has shame, that means she has wisdom. She doesn't have shame. She doesn't care to be in the movies. that Their children would see her the way she is. That means she's worse than a monkey. She doesn't have anything in her mind. She's empty. If she was full of brilliance, of wisdom, she would dare to dress like this. Look at the classy goyot like Queen Elizabeth and some presidents and some all kinds of people in politics that achieve a lot. They went, they have education. They will be shame to dress like this. You know, they they even them they go in, they don't understand what modesty is, But as a common as a common sense, they're already dressed properly when they go to speak in public, in a congress, and in places like this. Why? Because what is she gonna go? The, the way the, the women dress today on the street, she understands that it's it's embarrassing. And that's why you can see that if a person if a person has shame and fear, that's a sign that he has wisdom. And if he doesn't have one of the two or both of them, he is in a serious situation, serious problem. Who should And this is what Hashem ordered. Uh, to the king of Israel. And uh, this is in Deuteronomy 17, verse, ni- verse 19. What does it say? He's speaking about the Sefer Torah. Shem said the king must have a Sefer Torah scroll in his arm all the time, which means in his position. And he's learning it every day of his life. Well, every Jew is obligated to learn every day of his life. Every Jew. So what's special about the king? The king doesn't have time to breathe. It's like the prime minister. You know what a prime minister has to go through? If you look at their schedule one day, like even Obama or Netanyahu, all these prime ministers, if you see how many things they have to address in one day, so much to do. You don't have an hour to, sl- to, to, to lay down and smoke your pipe. There's no time for it. There's so many things every day emergency, that, decision, cabinet, security, that, to buy, not to buy, budget problems, politics problems, problems with his own family, oh, millions of things. Every public figure, the more famous he is, the more work he has. Not everything you can give to your advisor and to your assistants. Some of the things is your specialty. So the more you are famous, the more you have a headache. So what's going on? The, the king, the king of Israel, like King David, King Solomon, you know how I many things there were on your on their mind? But you still have to learn all day, every day, every open minute of your life. Make sure the Torah is right next to you. Why? That the Torah will teach him to fear his God. To feel that he's nothing better than the nation, not to be proud, to stay humble, to stay down to earth, to respect every human being, to treat everyone with dignity. It's very difficult. If you become the king, the greater you are, it's harder for you to treat every individual from your nation just like is, like is you. It's very difficult. Since it's very difficult, the only way to do it is to learn Torah, to remind you that you came from what? From a drop? and you will be eaten by the worms. If you constantly remember it, no matter how successful you are, and famous and whatever, you're always going to remember big deal. Bottom line, it's all a blink of the eye. 60, 70 years, I'm rich, famous, smart, everyone bow down to me, kiss my hand, whatever. Bottom line, me and him will be eaten by the same worms. That's That's the common sense here. But without the Torah, there's no way to stay like this, humble. No way. Even if you're naturally humble, the job will destroy you. The job eventually will make you proud. So that's why the only way to do it is the Torah, and Hashem wrote it in the Torah for the king. Make sure the Torah is every day by you, and make sure you learn every day that you will learn to fear me. And if you fear me, you feel bad for the poor. You won't take bribe, you won't be a crook you won't be cruel, and you'll be a a fair judge, and many other things. It will affect you, the Torah. Only the Torah. And pay attention that Hashem says, From all the possibilities in life, what did God use? That he would learn to fear me, not to love me, not to listen to me, none of these other things. To learn to fear me, because that's the most important thing in life. And this is what King Solomon said, How lucky is a person who always fear. You fear, you make less sins. You make less sins, you go to heaven. You go to heaven, you made it. And all the other rich and famous, where are they going to be after a hundred years here? Without fear. man ilmad leira. Ve lo amar leman ira. Ramchal say, the Torah didn't say that he should learn Torah, that he should fear. No. He should learn Torah, that he should learn to fear me. It's require learning. It's not, ca- it's not something that you know, a car passing by, if you jump into the road, you get killed. For this, you don't need to learn. You don't need to sit and learn Torah to know if you cross the street in a dangerous area on red light, you get killed. This you don't need, that doesn't require learning. One time you hear it, you know it. Over here, since the Satan is constantly fooling you, it requires a lot of learning, paying attention to the details, how it works. And the Torah will help you to do it. There's no way to gain fear naturally. Fear from God. Fear from other things, yes. Fear from robbers, from thieves, from murderers, from bombs, yes. But fear from God is not a natural thing. Hadraba, the opposite. Naturally, it's the opposite. That's what happened to most 99.9% of the people in the world. Ire rechoka It's far away from a person. And it's far from his senses. His natural senses cannot detect it. Ve'ena al There's only one way to get it, by learning Torah the only way is to learn Torah and repeat and constantly and practice and fail and do it again and again until you're doing it naturally and until you finally have position on it once a person is sitting down once he's walking, once he's laying down, once everything he does it will be always in his. In his, in his genes already. It's going to be a part of him. Until it will be clear the truth and the importance of this fear. 100% just like you stand in front of your rabbi. Or in, in, front of, in front of the president. Or in front of the police. Or in front of the judge in court. And it's 100% clear to you over here there's no jokes cannot stand in front of a judge and start cursing and whistling. Because you understand it's real to you. You understand? I, I always like to tell this when I came to America, 1989. I had a parking ticket or a violation. I don't know, some, some kind of traffic violation. I went to court, and I'd never been in court, at least not in America. And I was sitting waiting for them to call my, my name as a young guy. I was 21 years old. What is a, a person sit by the audience? I took a newspaper and I started to read. And then the judge, there was this black uh, Gentile judge, you know, he thinks he owns the world. He got up in front of everyone. Arrest him! <laughs> like, screaming, like policeman, arrest him! Arrest, I, I look, I look behind me, bad luck. No one behind me, I'm the, I'm the last one. I said, Me? Yes, you! What? You dare to read newspaper in my courtroom? Arrest him. Then the policeman realized, this is an immigrant, hardly speaks English. It really wasn't an intentional sin. He realized that. Said, so, wait, wait, sit right here. When the judge relax, I know him. Don't worry, I'll talk to him. That's how I got away with that. But you understand, now, next time, if, a week later, I would go to this courtroom. I would sit like a, you know, like a soldier afraid to itch my head oh maybe this judge gets angry it's real now but when Hashem watching us it's not always real that's the problem so it says like this this is what King David was praying and saying in Psalms uh, 76 86 Psalms 86 verse 11 God, show me your way. I will walk through the path of your truth. Sanctify my heart, dedicate my heart to fear you all the time. Three things he said. What? In one verse. That's what life is all about. One verse. You do it, you're a winner. You don't. God show me your ways. Let me always follow your truth, and make my heart always fear you. If you have those three, you're good. You're good for life. That's the end of chapter 25. And now, be shabbatovah, be Hashem. We start in chapter 26. Why the Ramchal wrote the book with 26 chapters? Because 26 is numeric value of the name of God. Yud, Hey, Vav, and Hey. 26. When he came to sit down to write his book, of course, everything is planned by them. Nothing is coincidence. So, he made a 26th chapter, and now with Be'ezrat Hashem, we're going to finish the last chapter, and we, we go to our food and to our drinks. Let's hope that we're going to be able to finish it on a time. Okay, yeah. No, I don't know about that yet. We'll talk about it, what we're going to do later. But right now, let's focus on finishing this. Okay, so chapter 26, it's Midat Dusha. Now we're going to a completely different uh, subject now. Holiness. I always like to ask people, what does it mean, holy? What does it mean, Kadosh? So people think Kadosh is someone who closes his eyes with a long beard and go like this all day. Some people think if he's always in a mikveh, he always lives like a fish. Always in a mikveh. Some people think he's walking with Philin all day like this. with you know. Everyone is imagining Kadosh in a different way. Right? But that's really not what Kadosh is. That's really not what Kadosh is. Maybe it look Kadosh, but Hashem knows it's not always Kadosh. What is it? Let's see what the Ramchal, how the Ramchal explained, what does it mean to be holy. In Yanak Dusha, the subject of holiness, Kafulu, it's two things. It's duplication of two things. What is it? Dehainu, tehillato avoda v'sofo gmul. This is the concept. Hard work in the beginning, huge reward in the end. That's the concept of it. How does it work? Trilato in the beginning, efforts ishtadlut, lots of efforts so for matana in the end relaxation a great gift that's the concept of life You work today tomorrow you benefit this is what it is person sanctify himself in the beginning and in the end Hashem sanctify him that's the concept let's explain when a person wants to get power at work, what do you think? The first day in work, your boss come and make you the manager? It doesn't work that way. First, you have to work two, three, five years to show that you're able, to show you're responsible, you have an authority, you're brave, you're smart, you know how to... You, 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 you make always the right decision, you're honest. After your boss sees that you did so much, and you got to this level on your own, now he adds a lot more power to your authority. I want you to control this, this is the key, this is the password, this is the bank account. All of a sudden, he gives you like 10 more things to do. So your power went 10 times higher. Same thing in holiness. When you follow Hashem for X amount of years and he sick and rely on you, you're reliable, you passed another test and another one and another one. Every test elevates you to a higher level of holiness. And from that moment on, Hashem, like, spill on you extra amount of holiness and make you a lot bigger than what you achieve on your own. So in the beginning, it's efforts. In the end, you just get it as a test. This is what I asked my cousin, if you remember uh, one of the lectures in the past, that I ask him, how is it possible that in this X amount of years that you've been learning, whatever it was, 10, 12 years, you get to a point that you know every answer to every question from hundreds of thousands of questions in the Torah, which is no end to how many questions you can ask. You always know the answer instantly without reviewing in the books, looking, searching. You always answer me in the hardest question I answer right away, and you always know the sources. That's even much more surprising. It's one thing that you know, allowed, not allowed. Uh, allowed over here, and not allowed over there. But the source is much harder. According to this, this, this is the tradition. According this rabbi claim like this, this one like this. But in this case, say, you have to do like this. You break it into, you know, the entire picture. How is it possible? How did you do it in in X amount of years? It's not no, it's not real, it's not human. Uh, his answer, I never forget. He say, you think. The Torah is X amount of hours of learning, X amount of knowledge. One hour, one one kilo of knowledge. Uh, two hundreds, two kilo of knowledge, two hundred hours of learning. A thousand hours of learning, ten kilo of knowledge. Doesn't go that way. It's one hour it's one uh, one hundred hours, one kilo of knowledge. An extra hundred, it's already three kilo, not two. An extra hundred, it's already 10. An extra hundred is already 40. An extra hundred is already 400. It's like a snowball. Because Hashem already begins to throw you gifts. And then he opens up your head. And this knowledge, most of what these great uh, rabbis that you have in the world knows, yeah, they learn all their life. But even you learn all your life, you don't get to this level. Here, The Ramchal passed away 39 years old. He wrote almost a hundred books or more than a hundred. Most of them are gone. But you see it's divine knowledge. There's no way in the world that a person can reach from the minute he become a, a kid. Uh, he's a baby. Take away a few years, six years of his life. In 33 years, there's no way a person gets to such knowledge. Look at Rashi. In a period of, uh, of his life, he translates every Jewish book. Uh, you know, the Navi. The hardest verses in, 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 in the Nach. You t- today sometimes 10 hours you have to see try to understand one of them without Rashi, there's no way to understand it's like Mamash, like reading a, fo- a foreign language and he was able to finish almost the entire Judaism almost every book, everything Tanakh, the Talmud the, the, ne- the Nevi'im so much, how can it be? the answer is of course, it's all gift from Hashem and remember there's no computers like today you search and all the sources coming to you on your screen Everything was with a feather, with a lamp, in the old days like this, dipping it in the ink, no pages like today, books, 5,000 books on your shelf, no, it's all in scroll, very expensive to get, the books are not around, if you want to get a book you have to sometimes walk six hours to somebody that has this book in a different town with your donkey, no FedEx, no emails, even today. With the technology that we have today, we would need a million years to get to the level of Rashi. A million years is not an exaggeration. A million years with all the technology. How do they do it? The answer is what I just said. This is what the Ramchal say. In the beginning, you have to prove yourself, and then Hashem begins to throw you candies. So it's it's worth it. And that's not even talking about the reward of the afterlife. That's not even a part of the conversation here. We're talking about knowledge, about holiness. You, uh, you got 10, 10% on your own and 90% as a gift. And for the 90% that you got as a gift, you get rewarded. Like you got it on your own. Why? It's worth it for me to help you to be in the highest level. It's like a father with his son. He wants to put him in business. So in the beginning, he makes him work very hard. You see that the boy is very good. So in business, he helps him a lot behind the scene. He doesn't know. He paid here, he paid the supplier, he paid over there. All kinds of things he did to help him out. And the boy feels great. Wow, look at what, what a businessman I am. I know there's a man in Muncie, he's a very big Baal Daka. he gives a lot of donation. One time his son came to me, he was teaching in Arya Shiva. He said, do me a favor, can you find out from the Rosh Yeshiva if my father gives him money to hire me here? <laughs> that was the case. He wanted to teach Gemara. The yeshiva didn't have a budget for another rabbi. So his father said to Rosh Yeshiva, don't worry about his budget. Give him, let him teach. He loves to teach. He's a, he's a smart uh, rabbi. I'll take care of his money. I'll help you. Yeshiva, I'll help everything. He saw that yeshiva is so poor. All of a sudden, the Rosh Yeshiva pays a salary like this. He started to feel. He said, can you find out if my father is the one who pays it? This is how it is. He wanted to teach. He was learning. He wanted to do... His father, behind the scene, helped him a lot. That's it. That's how it goes. So it says like this. It says like this. Adam mekadesh atzmo me'at, Chazal say, our sages say in the Gemara in Masechet Yuma, page 39, a person sanctify himself a little bit. They sanctify him from heaven a lot. He sanctify himself here, down in this physical world and they sanctify him from the spiritual world. The efforts that a person separate himself from the laws of material. He's not addicted to anything materialistic. Not jewelry, not food, not women, not uh, movies, not uh, internet, not all these things that supposedly pleasure the body. He separate himself from this kind of lifestyle. And always stick in every moment to his creator this is what all the prophets spoke about many many times and in, and in, Tehilim, in Psalms 63 verse 9 this is what it says David wrote, King David my soul stuck to you and as results of me sticking to you your right arm is always supporting me supporting me and what else? The end is that a Baruch who will direct the person, God will direct the person in the right path. That the person wants to go there. You have to make the right choice choice to go to the right path. And from that moment on, Hashem will do everything for you, but you have to make the right decision. And will spill his holiness on him and will sanctify him. Why? He's satisfied with your choices. He's going to help you to be holy. And then, only then, a person can be successful. On his own, no chance. Without Hashem's help. But without your right choices and efforts, also there's no chance. It's a partnership. You choose and put efforts, and Hashem does 90% for you. But without you, it wouldn't happen. And without Him, it wouldn't happen. It's a It's a partnership that you'll be able to stick with Hashem constantly all your life this is a gift it's not against the law of nature nobody can reach it on his own that's what we call, by the way siata Dishmaya assistance from God Siata in Aramik it's help Dishmaya, it's from heaven help from heaven and you have help from heaven you have help from heaven All the obstacles of the law of nature and material comes Hashem with your efforts in Torah and Hashem with His help and help you to overcome these obstacles. The best example in history for that is Abraham Avinu, Abraham. The best example. Hashem gives him a roll of test. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. By the end of the ten tests, Hashem takes his stamp in his file tzaddik, Righteous, finished I stamped on you, that's a personal guarantee I'm your guarantor What happened in a night test Still didn't, didn't sign Didn't sign, only after the 10th test The Torah said Now I know That you fear for me You have respect for me Now And then all the blessing began One after the other and then he became <laughs> one of the most important, important people in history. And he achieved it on his own with Hashem helps, but Hashem helped him after he proved himself. People take it for granted. What do you think? You need a big merit to become religious. What do you think? It's by the way it happened. You know how many prayers of your grandfathers are there until Hashem opened up your eyes? What do you think? You had the merit to go to the right lecture, to the right CD, to the right website, to the right book. Your friend right next to you, he didn't. You think it's coincidence? Why Hashem gave you the opportunity to hear this good lecture and to wake up and your friend didn't have the chance? It's no coincidence. It's all a matter of merits. You deserve it or you don't. It's sometimes something you did. I always like to tell this story. One time I went to L.A., and mamama uh, about an hour before Shabbat, I ju- I, the, the rabbi who invited me was from Arizona. So you know, he met me in L.A. He drove from Arizona to L.A. It was a delay. Finally, an hour before Shabbat, we just realized there was a misunderstanding. We don't have a place for Shabbat. An hour before Shabbat with the traffic in four or five in L.A. <laughs> So I said to him, what a great plan you made (laughs) an hour before We don't know where we're sleeping. So he said, I have a friend that we can sleep by him. The only problem is that he has a tiny apartment, like one room, studio apartment. I said, who cares now about the size of the apartment? We need a place to be, no? And he says, there's another problem. I said, what's the other problem? He says, not religious. (laughs) So I said, great. <laughs> we got to do kiddo. Why well, are we got to say, oh, go to the shul? Don't worry. That's not, that's not going to be the problem. Just a place to sleep. I so, said, okay, call him up. They called the person up. His name is Yaniv. He called him, Yaniv, yes. Can I come to you for Shabbat? What happened? Everything okay? He so, said, yeah, everything okay. I'm here with some rabbi. He came, you know, there was a misunderstanding. I told someone that we by him. He forgot the date. I said, OK. He said, OK, sure. Well, he's not a religious guy. We showed up to him, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes before Shabbat. <laughs> I see. I look at the place, one bed. We are three people. There's only one bed. He said, don't worry. I'll get from the neighbor a mattress, this, and a sleeping bag. He gave me his bed. He said, no, no, it's OK. I'll sleep on the floor. He said, no, no, it's OK. You sleep over here. And what happened from this Shabbat? I made him religious. And I brought him to the yeshiva in Monsi, And about a few months ago, he got married, and soon he's going to have a kid. He became the biggest tzaddik in the yeshiva. Wow. The biggest tzaddik. Everyone is crazy about him. So I said, what do you think? is a coincidence, Hashem gave him a test. Most people would say, I'm sorry, I'm on my way out. I'm going away. I'm not here. You know, why, why are you doing it to me? You know, I'm not religious. You're bringing me a rabbi to my house to see that I'm a chalet Shabbat. They will make a beep of course respected every Hashem said you know what now I'll give you an opportunity what happened and yeah, you, see, you see him today Yaniv Elisha come to Monsi, ask about him in the yeshiva the biggest tzaddik in the yeshiva and Hashem took care of everything for him everything one from, from A to Z 100% this is all of us not only him you know how many things we miss by skipping on an opportunity that Hashem gave us have no idea. Sometimes you come, you meet a person, you don't take it serious, and you have no idea how much you lose from not taking it serious. You, if you only did what you're supposed to do, what Hashem expected you to do, your life will never be the same. It will never be the same. And most of the problem is that we don't know until we die what we missed. That's the problem. Like the story I always like to tell but the Rosh Yeshiva that wanted to go first class, his wife was telling him, you're head of the Yeshiva, you fly economy? You have to fly first class. He said, come on, how can I spend so much money of the, of the donation on sitting on first class? It's four times more expensive. No, it's the honor of the Torah. It's not, it's not a waste of money. Don't worry, that's what Hashem wants. <laughs> so he said, you know what, let me ask if they can give me an upgrade. Uh, one time they gave him an upgrade. Second time they gave him an upgrade because he flies every three weeks. In the yeshiva in Israel, he comes to America every three weeks to collect. So in the third time, the plane was packed. There's no place. And he went crazy. He called the manager, called here, called there. And not, nothing. Then on the way to the plane, a rich man from first class said, Oh, Rabbi, I'm finally meeting you in person. Who are you? I'm the fire, father of this kid that learns in your yeshiva. So oh, I finally meet you. I send you a letter for six years every year to help our yeshiva. You help the whole world and your own son's yeshiva. You don't help. He said to him, listen, listen, Rabbi, there's a reason. Believe me, on your first letter, I already wrote you a check for $10,000. Well, I was about to send it, and another rabbi came to me for donation, and he saw that I'm writing to you a $10,000 check, and he told me, how can you give donation to someone who flies first class? How? That's where you want your money to go? As soon as I heard that, I was furious. I ripped the check. And since then, I ignore your letters for six years. But now, on my own eyes, I see that you're going into economy. Wait. Took his checkbook, and he wrote him a check. Six years, $10,000, $60,000, and he gave it to him. So the question is now, if you would get an upgrade for first class, He would not even say hello to him. He would be quiet, seeing, oh, this rabbi was right. This chatzuf, he sits in first class, people give him money, and he sits here, $10,000 a ticket, teach him a lesson. Now, he would never know. That's the point. He would never know what he lost. He wouldn't know that this upgrade would cost him $60,000 and many other much more money in the future. And this is what life is all about. You think you got away with that? Sometimes people cheat, ski, hey, UPS, I never got it, send me a new product, all these things. And it looks like they got away with that. Here, $500, I got another device, now I have two. I'm going to sell it, I'm going to make money. You never make money with all these tricks. You only lose. You only lose and you will get punished for it. You won't, nobody ever make money in a non-kosher way. No one. Just an illusion. It has to look real. Otherwise, who would steal? Where would be the test? If everyone who steals gets a smack right away and lose double, nobody would steal. So it's very obvious. So the King David says, I'm stuck to you as a result of it, you're supporting me. And the end is that Akalosh Baruch will show him the right way that he wants to go there and sanctify him and make him successful and will help him to be stuck to him all the time and what the nature resists, Hashem's help will overcome and make him able to be successful. Hashem lo imna tov laholchim batamim. This is the verse that Psalms 84, verse 12. Remember, Hashem, God, will never prevent the good for those who follow him innocently. Batamim. Tamim tamim has two meanings. Tam. Tam means complete, and it also means innocent. And there's a big connection between them. In order for a person to be complete, he must be innocent with Hashem. If he's not innocent, he will never be complete. What does it mean, innocent? If he would only take everything that Hashem gives him with happiness. No questions asked. Like Avraham Avinu. You gave me a son after 99 years. You blessed me that I will have my own son. He will inherit me. You told me to teach the goyim not to kill their children for their idols. And now you tell me to kill my son? Not a beep. No questions asked. 5 o'clock in the morning, I wrap the donkey. I prepare. I take the knife. I'm ready to go. Not, no questions asked. Someone died. His kid died. Problems, cancer. This this tzaddik got killed. That, No questions asked. Who am I to ask questions about the boss? He knows what he does. I can debate him. I can challenge him. I can have dilemmas about him. It's big as chutzpah. All these comments that people make, don't understand it. I don't accept it. I cannot, I cannot live with that. What kind of Torah? What kind of decision? Where was Hashem in the Holocaust? Who, who gave you permission to open your mouth? What do you, you're sitting in the Israeli Knesset, and you're one of the 120 people who sits there? And now you have the right to, to bring your opinion? You're not a friend of Hashem. You're only a creation. He gives you oxygen. Thanks to him, you're able to even think, to move your hand, to move your mouth. And you have the nerve to come and challenge him. And knowing, that's the problem. Everyone who challenges Hashem, he knows that he's not capable of doing so. What person, all these apicorsim, all these atheists, that know this world has a creator? How can they even have the guts to challenge him? They know we're not in the same league. I'm not in the same league like my creator. He runs such a world, and who am I? Like a dust in the wind. And I do two things at the same time. So what's the point of me putting myself in the top of the pyramid like him and argue with him on philosophical issues like I'm another god? This is the biggest chutzpah in, in, in history. If you really think about it, there's no bigger chutzpah than this. Arrogance. But we all do it. Some more, some less. Even very religious people do it sometimes. I don't understand. How did Hashem do this to me? That's a kfirah. What do you mean you don't understand? Yeah, you don't understand. How did Hashem do it? That was the right thing to do. And if anyone thinks that if if he was, was able to give God an advice to make the world a little bit better, think again. Because when Hashem made the world, he already saw all the possibilities in every other way he would go and he chose this way, that means it's the most perfect way. There's no other way. And the fact that we don't understand it, no, we don't understand, big deal. You understand the computer you buy, it still does a great service for you. You don't understand anything. How this wire, if you cut it, the whole thing doesn't work. You don't understand. You don't understand that the doctor tells you you need a surgery. But you do it. You don't understand. You do it because you know it's the right thing to do. Over here, it's the same thing. So it's, it's, this is what he says. It says like this. ha <laughs> ma'al the food and the drinks, that a holy person eats. It's a favor to the food and a favor to the drink. That's something we have to understand. How can I do a favor to this glass? The glass has feelings. The glass has feelings or no? I'm asking. It doesn't have feelings, ma. I can do a favor to the glass. The glass can appreciate it. The glass feels how, how lucky it is. No, the food has feelings. No, a piece of bread it has feelings. The drink, a glass of water, it has feelings. <laughs> this isn't good. What does it mean? It's a favor. It's count like it was put on the altar and was sacrificed to Hashem. We have a concept in the Torah that food is constantly sacrificed in front of Hashem. Don't make the wrong uh, uh, judgment here. Hashem doesn't need anything. He doesn't need to eat, doesn't need to drink, doesn't need to smell, doesn't need anything to be done for Him. Don't get the wrong idea here. Everything the Torah says for us to elevate ourselves, it's like exercising. Your trainer doesn't need you to lift the weight. He doesn't need it. He's perfect with or without you. But he does it for you. And he makes it look like he needs you to do it for him. Like a father to his son. Do it for me, do it for me. Learn, learn for me, for me. What for me? It's for you. Not for me, I, I know it already. But for you, but I say for him, for me, do it for Ava, do it for me. This is the idea here. So it says like this. When a, when a holy man eats and drinks, it's like sacrificing it on the altar in a very pure way in front of Hashem. Why? Same thing if you bring a gift to someone that is a great scholar of Torah, not in Harvard. He doesn't need your gift. Scholar of Torah, someone who sits and learns Torah, if you bring him a gift, it counts like you brought a gift to God. Bikurim Lashem to Beit HaMikdash, to the holy temple. And this is what the Gemara says in Masechet Yuma, page 71. Someone who wants to be successful in everything he does, make sure he, make, he, he brings the rabbis, the great scholars, always great wine to drink. Today it's very easy. You go to the store, you pay $12, you buy a bottle of wine, <laughs> you bring it as a gift. In the old days it was much, much harder. First of all, there was no refrigerator And you have to do it in barrels, and it's all manual. Not like today, machines, cutting, uh, trucks. It was much, much harder to make wine. So not everyone had wine. It was very difficult. Olive oil was very, it was expensive, it was hard to get. Also wine was hard to get. Today every poor person has grape juice. He makes avdalah, kiddush. In the old days, the Gemara gave compliments to someone who makes avdalah on wine, which means most of the people couldn't afford it. It was a great sacrifice. Wow, you know, wow! You, you make afdalah on wine. Psh, what the devotion. <laughs> today? Well, if people they give grape juice to the kids as a snack, you know, in the afternoon. Why? Right? Eh, how much it cost? But in the old days, it was so so. In the old days, someone who brings great wines to there, someone who learns Torah that he will, will always have for kiddush, for avdalah, for the mitzvot. Then it's not for him. You do for yourself. It's counted kind of like you bought a gift for God, a sacrifice. Because the spirit of God is um, um, among them. Like it was in a temple exactly. You come inside the temple of God in Jerusalem, special holiness there. Same thing today, it's on the people who learn Torah. In holiness. And that's a great benefit for a person who serves, someone who learns Torah a lot, because he became a servant of the Torah, a servant of God. Indirectly, but it counts like he did something for God personally. And I don't have to tell you how great it is. And when a person's mind and opinion is always thinking about the greatness of God and his level, he will eventually find himself connecting to the upper worlds where the angels are and all these expressions that we read in the Prophets that we don't understand exactly what these worlds are. But a person can reach in his mind to those levels and therefore nothing in this world he cares about anymore. Because his mind is over there, not here. This is how Rabbi Rabbi Ben-Zion Abba Shaul was. He walks in the street and he's not there. He's not there. They found him two hours away. Two hours away from his home. Yeah, His, his, his legs are here, but his mind is completely in a different world. And this is what it says. A person could not reach it ever on his own 100%. He needed the help of God. But he needed to start and Hashem would do the rest. And all these great traits that we mentioned before, and being careful until level of fearing God, if a person gain all this list, that will make him holy and will be successful. But if it doesn't have the beginning, remember, we spoke about many things in the past, uh, being humble, not being proud, being a chassid, all these things that we spoke about in this book, being pure, g- going out of material, being clean, etc., all these chapters that we mentioned, if one of them is missing, it's like buildings that have foundation. You take one pole out, everything will collapse. It can never be holy. So holiness is not your beard. And it's not the mikveh, and it's not your clothes, and it's not these things that people think makes you holy. Holiness is behaving. It's clean hands. It's not stealing. It's watching your eyes, watching your mouth, watching your ears. Devotion, not being lazy, working, giving all your heart and all your soul. And the most important thing, none of it can happen without being connected to the Torah 100%. And then you reach this level, and that moment... But the Ramchal say, but if you have almost everything, and one or two you're missing, so nothing counts? No, of course it counts. Better to have 80% than nothing. Most people in the world have nothing. At least you reach 80%. It's great, no? But yes, but it's like a person that is crippled. He has everything, but his leg is not functioning. So he walks like this. It's not perfect. A little bit more effort, and everything will be perfect. What makes you lose holiness? First, who knows, what's the biggest enemy, biggest obstacle on reaching holiness? Materialism. Biggest obstacle. Materialism, we said already, but there's something even bigger than that. What is it? I always ask this question in my lectures, but you don't remember. I always ask, what's the biggest enemy to the life of a human being? It's a the biggest enemy. The biggest danger. Ignorance. Very good. Moshe, you came on time. Next time come an hour early. Ignorance. Ignorance is the biggest threat in everything in life. And needless to say, the most important thing. So the Ramchal says, Things that makes you lose this is, A. חיסרון הידיות האמיתיות lack of knowledge in the real learning real not the nonsense all over that people invest their time and learn and רוב החברה בני האדם like he said, connecting with people mingling, parties, drinks ha, talk, ha, da, vacation yacht, boat you know, barbecue, fine, you want to enjoy here, fine, but it automatically it takes away from the holiness there's no way, both of them. There's no way. You cannot eat the cake and leave it full. You can't. It's either this or that. You either eat the cake or it's full. One of the two. And this is it. That's the rule in life. You choose where to go and Hashem makes you go there. He gives you the oxygen, the strength to go, to be successful, to think, to see. What do you think? You went to murder. You did it on your own? You did 5% and Hashem did 95%. Without him, you couldn't move your hand. You couldn't make one step. You couldn't even pick up the gun. You couldn't even aim. You couldn't think where to run. Nothing without him you couldn't do. So what, Hashem helps people to murder? You know how how he hates murders? That's the test of life. I gave you the tools. What to do with the tools? That's your choices. That's why many rabbis scream, scream, scream. Internet, Facebook, this, that. In my opinion, it's all nonsense. You have to educate the people to use everything that this world has to a kosher way. To fight against it, to take it away from the world. It's a lost war. There's no way. It's a waste of energy, waste of time, waste of money, and waste of a lot of things. You have to ride the way. Since there are kids, you have to change the education system that the kids will know already. The world is full of dangers. We have what Hashem gave us in this world. We can use the internet to make another million Jews religious by the end of this week. If we only use it correctly. We can use the Facebook to make thousands of thousands of Baalei Chuva every week. If we only use it right. And we have to teach the people there's danger. Use kosher filters, places allowed, places not allowed. Help them because the evil inclination is very strong. Once a person goes into a place, he loses control. He didn't want to make a scene, but he came to his face already, and one thing leads to another. So you have to, make, you have to tell them, this is this is dangerous. You have to be careful. You have to do it with supervision. You have to make rules to come and say to the person, don't go on the street. Don't go to work. Why are you going to Manhattan? You are crazy? How can you go there? You better starve to death. It's not going to work, even if it's true. Really, the truth is it brings a lot more, de- a lot more destruction to, to help. The internet. If, if I see it correctly, it's 90% poison, 10% positive. So we always follow the majority. If there was a realistic way to prevent it, to put an X on it and dismiss it, I would be the first one to sign. It's not realistic. Who are we lying to? It's never going to work. It's a word that will never work. The people will do it. They will hide. It's better to treat the issue and to educate people how to behave and, to, and not to make sins that. the opposite. To take it to work, to make some divrei Torah, to send emails with great lectures and things, and the Torah will be spread to places that Jews would never hear it. Better to do it that way than to come and say, not allowed, not allowed, not allowed, not allowed. I say, OK, not allowed, not allowed. He goes, he, he puts it somewhere. I don't know what people do. And then they make all the scenes. That's like everything else. In that case, if you want to forbid everything, also cars are not allowed. Because most people do many sins with cars. He has a girlfriend, he puts her in a car, he makes sins with her, he goes to places that he's not supposed to go, he drives on Shabbat, he does a lot of bad things with a car. Cars are not allowed. (coughs) Telephone are not allowed. Most of the conversation is Lashon Shonara. no more telephone in the world. Electric, not allowed. Most of the things with electric is a sin. Ah, you use it for this, for television, for that, for, for cooking on Shabbat, that. Not allowed. Basically, nothing nothing would be allowed because people choose to make sins with that. Yeah, better educate the people. Listen, Hashem gave us this thing. Use it in the right way. Hashem gave us oxygen. We breathe. We breathe to learn Torah, to do mitzvot. The oxygen is positive. We breathe to go and kill and to destroy people. The, the oxygen is negative. Oxygen is not negative. We make it negative. Legs are not negative. It's good to walk. To, to, we, de- we decide where to go. That's the concept. This is what the Torah is all about. Everything. Hashem gave you eyes. Use it correctly. Don't make sense. You understand? So this is how it is. You choose where you want to go, and Hashem will walk you through. And with the help of Hashem that He gives you, you will overcome the rule of materialism. And you stick to Hashem and you be complete. And from there you're gonna go higher and higher to the level that called Ruach HaKodesh. The Spirit of God is always on you. That you're already like better than a prophet. You see things, things are clear to you, you know what's about to happen. It's great. Sometimes even an ordinary person. Reach this level for one minute in his life, another minute, five minutes. But to have it all the time is very difficult. And there are people in the past that had it all the time. He will go out of the laws of physics, out of the human laws. It's above any standards that the law of nature has. Yes, he's a human being. He looks like a human being. He even eats like a human being. But he's really not a human being anymore. Like Eliyahu Navi, Elijah. Hashem took him with his body to heaven. With his body. His body was sanctified. There's no more material. It's all holy. Elisha, Hanuch. There's a few names in the Torah. Not that many. Rabbi Yoshua and Levi. With their body. Bechayihem. Without burial. Moshe Rabenu. Viachola ha'giyah. His devotion can reach such a high level That will be able to resurrect the death Every rabbi that his name is mentioned in a Talmud We know in tradition that he was able to resurrect the death Which means he knew enough And he had enough holiness to resurrect the death If his name is not mentioned in a Talmud That means It wasn't in his level A little bit less this is, how, this is how big these people were. How you resurrect the dead? You reach a level above angels. And, you, and the Gemara brings a story of, uh, who was this? Rabbi Zera. that uh, in Purim, Purim party, they all got drunk in Purim. Purim is the only day you drink more than, than usual. And he killed, one killed the other. And then when he became sober, oh, what, did, what did I do? Okay, so he brought him back to life. Next year, he sent him an invitation. He said, oh, last year you were able to bring me back to life. Who knows this year you're going to bring me back. I don't want to come. So what did he do? He created a human being. It's called Golem. Human being without a divine soul. But a human being that went to him and, and served him the invitation and said, listen, I can create a person from scratch just to put the soul back into an existing body. It's even easier for me. Don't worry. <laughs> you understand the idea? In Prague... In Prague, in Czechoslovakia, oh. there is the synagogue of the in Prague. He lived 450 years ago. If you ever go to Czechoslovakia, go to the synagogue of the Prague. Don't believe anything I say. Go to the Goim, to the Gentiles that have stores around. Ask them about the tradition of the city of Prague. What's this building? What's in the attic over there? Ask the Goim. The Goim sell dolls over there of oh, Velvale. Who was Velvale? The golem, the maharal mipra, created. Created a human being that walks, 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 Bring water from the well. They have all the, all the secrets of the, of the Kabbalah, Kabbalah ma'asid, interfere with nature. The Talmud brings stories that people make, tree, make fruit grow on a tree instantly, in a minute. Off-season. It's not the season. It's not the right weather. He made the tree grow trees to feed the worker. How, how people can do such things? You know anyone in the world can do it today? No one can do it. Today, nobody can do it. But 2,000 years ago, they reached such level. This is what he's talking about. Then you become divine. You become divine. It's not so, of course, everything comes from the power of Hashem, because Hashem gives you this 90% I was talking about. It's not from you. But you, you with your devotion and your efforts, you deserve to be there. And that's why you got it and he didn't. That's all. And it says like this. There are three keys that God did not give to the angels. He kept it for himself. What are they? What are they? Resurrection of the dead. Chaya, very sorry. Chaya, giving birth and rain. Bringing rain, rain, birth, and resurrection of the death. And in Eretz Israel they say Parnasa, the living of the human being. So why they only call it three keys? Because Parnasa with rain goes together. Rain brings wheat, barley, whatever, and that's what we say in Shemay Israel. You know, it makes sense. I make a lot of rain. There will be a lot of wheat and barley growing, your animals will have what to eat, you'll have meat, that's wealth, so it's together. Those were not given to a messenger. Someone who stick to Hashem and reach this highest level will be able to interfere with those things, even himself, Mama, she, like he's a God. This is what the Braita. this is what the Mishnah says, in Pirkei Avot, there's a list of one thing leads to another, and what does it say? Kedusha leide ruach Holiness bringing you to a level that you have a divine spirit inside of you, divine spirit. Ruach tchiyat And when you reach the level of divine spirit, it brings you to the next level of resurrection of the dead. <laughs> we are so far from this. That's, it seems like in a billion years we won't get it but at least we know it exists at least we know what the power of the Torah what a Torah can do to a human being and if it didn't do it to us we have to check why and just before we finished the Ramchal finished it says like this King Solomon wrote in Mishlei chapter 1 verse 5 Yishma hacham The scholar, the smart scholar would listen. And would would add the right conclusions to his life. The right judgment. And a wise person, will learn how to be sneaky against the evil inclination and against his desires. Because without tricks in a war, there's no way to win. Someone who comes to purify himself, Hashem will help him to purify himself. Someone who wants to impurify himself, Hashem will also help him. It's up to you. God is giving wisdom. There are three things here. In this verse, this is what it says. It's in the book of Mishlei, King Solomon. The smartest person ever lived. Mishle, chapter 2, verse 6. This is the verse. God will give intelligence, and from his mouth, Da'at, soon I'm going to explain what Da'at is, and wisdom. So we have intelligence, wisdom. Rabbi, how do you say Da'at in English? You have chokhmah. it's intelligence. Wisdom is a, wisdom. It's a it's a t'vuna, navon. How do you say that? You know what it means now. That that means the ability to take what you know, and translate it into action. Do you have a word like this in English or in in English vocabulary? It just doesn't exist because nobody does it anyway. <laughs> That's the question. Some words you just don't have, you know, in a certain language alright so let me explain what's, and we'll finish with that Chokmah means regular intelligence someone tells you a story go ten blocks, make a right two blocks, make a left, go, make a U-turn there's a pink house that's where you go you understand, you don't need to be a genius your brain works, you know what to do wisdom wise, it's called Bina, Navon, Tvuna this all comes from the same root what is it? The ability to understand one thing from another. Which means two times X equals six. Anybody told you what X is? No. How do you know what X How do you know X is three? How do you know? No, nobody really told you. The, nobody mentioned three. Nobody. In the story. How do you know? You use your wisdom. It's called Tvuna. I mean, really, it's an investigation. A person can do his own investigation in his mind. The more your wisdom is getting higher and higher, the better detective you're going to be. Detectives, some of them are really clever. Every little detail can change the entire thing. Everything, these, they found something over here, they saw the the way the blood is dripping, it was this way, that way, this is called wisdom. It's not knowledge, it's wisdom. Because you investigate from one thing, you understand, like you hear on the news that uh, someone got murdered and the police found on the rug mud. What do you know? That was a rainy day. How mud arrived to the rug? The murderer had mud in his shoes and he brought it into the house. So the, nobody told you that it was a rainy day in Texas where the murder took place. But you already know it. You can write it in your conclusion. They ask you, how do you know? You went in Texas, you saw that it was raining, how do you know? So how do I know? Because they found mud on the rug. That means there was mud on the outside. He brought it into the house. One thing leads to another. So that's called wisdom. And how do you know God exists? How do you know the Torah is real? Only through wisdom. Only. Because chokhmah, uh, intelligence, it's a matter of faith. You hear, you want to believe, you don't want to believe. It's up to you. Wisdom... It's to investigate, go deeper and deeper, and you find scientific proofs that you know that this book can never be written by a person. One thing leads to another. If you see that 3,300 years ago, the Torah knew the number of the stars. There was no equipment for it. That leads you to only one conclusion. The creator of the world wrote it. If you see that the Torah knew all the different kinds of species lives in the ocean, 72% of the world, and I promise you, will never find a fish with scales with no fins. Never, ever in history in the future, never. What does it tell you? A person can never write this book. Doesn't matter while all the atheists screaming and making fun. Who cares about them? They don't know what they live for. What's the conclusion? There are 7, 10, 20, 50, 100, 500 points in the Torah and in the Talmud. Nobody can answer how it's there. A person could never write it, in any generation. A thousand people combined. Take a thousand Albert Einstein, give them money, equipment, they would not be able to write it in any book, ever. In no given time, even today. That's it. There's no answer against it. The The other parts I understand, I don't understand, I have questions, sometimes it doesn't make sense to me, fine. But there are Hundreds of places in the Torah and the Talmud that nobody can answer. That's it. How many more proofs you need? How many? One witness. Two, five, ten, twenty, five hundred, five. The more witnesses are coming and repeating the story, the more convincing it is. There's only one problem. The evil inclination makes us forget. I know a person, every time you watch one of my scientific lectures, I get an email, okay, I'm convinced that uh, Judaism is the truth. Uh, two or three days later, starting to talk to me again Islam, this, my. What happened? Just two days ago, I said, oh, now I know for sure this Islam is not good and, uh, and Christianity is not the truth. I now understand Judaism is the only real. Two days later, three days later, he goes to some uh, Muslim ceremony and speaking about this one and that one. <laughs> what do you see? To reach this level, it's temporary. The, that's what the Torah say, it will go away. Because that's the test of life. If a person was able to reach it once and that's it, it stays like this, that's it. There's no, no more dilemmas, no more tests. The test is always people talk against and these. I can prove to you, no, the Torah is not from Hashem, all this nonsense, but it will never end. Don't ever expect it, expect it to end. So King Solomon says like this, Hashem, God, gives the intelligence. And from him, you also get the wisdom and the dot. Let's finish with this. What's dot is? When a person has intelligence and wisdom, and and now he begins to learn and to investigate, if he did not translate it into actions, as the Torah says, you should do, you should do, you should do, and you should do, it's all about doing. And it stays in your head, like some people say, I'm religious in my heart. I'm religious in my head. You're religious in your head, you are zero. You're religious in your heart, you're minus zero. You're religious in your action, you're a righteous person. What's worse, to be zero religious in your mind, or to be 100% religious in your mind, both of them do not do The zero knowledge and the 100% knowledge in his mind. What's worse? Who is the bigger criminal? The one who knows everything and does nothing. The more he knows and the less he does, the more criminal he is. I always say, what's better? To be a partner with a Jew that doesn't believe in anything, or to be a partner with a Goy that believe in a false religion? False religion, we bow down to this idol. He thinks this guy will give him a smack if he won't bow down to him. Maybe Buddha gets angry. He didn't make him an omelet in the morning. I don't know. (laughs) But he's afraid of someone. That's the point. You're not in a business. He wants to steal. Everyone wants to steal. Everyone wants to cheat. That's the nature of people. But he doesn't do it because Buddha is watching. (laughs) At least that's what he thinks. So this is actually indirectly helping you that he fears his false god or his false religion, but at least he fears someone. This one doesn't fear anyone. no de, no Dayan, the, nothing. So the, the other one is actually, in a way, is better than him. Yeah, he's a Goy, he's a Jew, doesn't matter. He's afraid of someone. It's better a false religion partner than someone who has no religion. And doesn't believe in anything and do whatever. As soon as you leave the door, he begins to steal and cheat and forge. Why? He doesn't believe there's a high watch over me. But look at the Muslim. Muslim wants to steal from you. What does he think? Allah is watching. So he's thinking twice. Christian that believes in God or in JC, even JC. Wow, JC get upset. (laughs) JC said not to steal. You know? Many people write to me emails that they love JC very much because of his humanity. He writes beautiful things. So I answer to them, I make a deal with you. You send to me all the quotes by JC, and I guarantee that everything you like that he said, I will show it to you in the Talmud. Everything. Love your neighbor. It's in the Torah. Someone smack you over here, give him the other one. That's not in the Torah, because it's stupid. Someone <laughs> said, <laughs> someone, your enemy comes to kill you, kill him first. If it's true what he said, I promise you it's in Chazal, in the sages. So why are you giving him credit? Why do they give him credit? Because they don't know that he copies some of the things he says from the Gemara, from his rabbis, who, he was in the yeshiva of Rav Yoshua ben Parchia. Everything positive he ever said in his life comes from his rabbi. Who do you think he learned it from? He was putting tefillin in his bar mitzvah. How did he know he has to do it? He learned it from the rabbis. He knew how to write names of God, this, to do all kinds of things. How did he know it? He learned it from the Jews, from the Torah. I was a Jew. So why are you giving him credit like he invented something? It's nothing. So the conclusion like this. Hashem will help you to become straight if you see you really care. Basically, Hashem, we just came to the end of this series. We finished it with Hashem. And... you ask, what am I gonna do? I don't know if I can commit to another series. It takes too much of my energy. But Bezrat Hashem, I'm very happy we finish it. Now I hope that we can fit it on a one CD and we can make CDs. If not, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it. But everyone should know a few announcements now. Uh, in my website, we have an app for iPhone and for Android. And Bezrat Hashem, I just paid someone money and uh, they're gonna develop within a month, I hope it's gonna be ready, a new application for iPhone and Android, also for video with lots of features, especially for divineinformation.com, cause the one we use is like generic one. But this one will be special, when people made comments about the app, I collected all of it and I gave it to a specialist, hopefully it will work out. Also people can order CDs, It's only $1 each. It's more than 20, 25 hours on each CD. Every Jew you give it to, it's a very high chance that he will become either partially religious or fully religious. And from that moment on, he becomes your soldier. Everything he ever does goes to your account. There's no better investment than this in the entire world. Guarantee. I I stand behind what I say. I did not see any results anywhere I went ever of people becoming religious more than this series of the CDs, of the CD number one, number two, number three, the Pirkei Avot, the debate, the Torah and science video. It's a collection of five, six CDs, investing five, six dollars in a person, giving it to him is 90% chance that he will change his entire life completely. It's working. It's working for years. Something that works, you cannot challenge. It works. Every person who really listens to it, they change him he changes his belief, he changes behaving to Hashem, his emunah, his faith, he's not stealing, he's eating kosher, he left his uh, uh, not kosher girlfriend, all kinds of things that people do, most of it comes from lack of knowledge. These CDs educate them, it's very cheap, 25 hours of learning for $1, and I'm asking that people who donate sometimes have debates, if should they, they should invest, I say to him, listen, let's go for the worst scenario, let's say we give, 10,000 CDs to 10,000 Jews or Gentiles that wants to to search for the truth. And not even one of them changed a bit, which is way not possible, but let's just describe a horrible situation. So a person got from you a dollar, and he had 25 hours of lectures. And he listened in a car, one hour, half an hour, two hours, on the road. Every day it's playing in a car. You start the car. Another 45 minutes. In the end, it's 25 hours of learning Torah that goes to your account. Even if you stay Goy, completely everything against the Torah. Nothing changed. It still make a Jew learn 25 hours. 25 hours of Torah, you know how many mitzvot is this? Millions of mitzvot. You get one way or the other. And here comes the bonus. You ready for the bonus? <laughs> the, the bo- Very good. The bonus is that if he lessened and you did your efforts to make him religious and he stayed secular, his share to the world to come comes to you for $1. Now you tell me if there's a better investment. Baruch Adonai le'olam. Amen ve'amen.